Well, howdy! This podcast is a proud member of the Podcon Go Network. Podcon Go. Family-friendly shows that are fun for everyone. Welcome to Elderberry Tales. Grab yourself a tin bucket. It's time for a story. Today's story is My Mom Detective, Desmond and the Moles by William Stair. Have I ever told you about my kid brother Desmond? Mom says he's a darling. Dad says he's high-spirited. I say he's a pest. This is Armando. I live in a house in Renton, Washington, with my dad, my mom, my brother, Desmond the Pest, and our dog, Trooper. I'm eight, and we've lived there as long as I can remember. You may have heard of our family before. We're not famous bank robbers or astronauts, although that would be neat, or even a circus act. That gives me an idea. We do have a trampoline in the back, and a pool that's about one foot deep. Maybe I could get Desmond to jump really high on the trampoline and then dive into the pool. Okay, he's too smart for that. No, we're not famous for any of those things. We are famous for solving mysteries, especially my mom. It's her superpower. Mine is being her assistant. Dad's is creating video game pictures. Troopers is eating and I've already told you Desmond's. Our lives in Renton are usually pretty boring, but every once in a while... It was a cloudy day and looked like it might rain. That was the day we went to the Blueberry Farm. This is a small farm not too far from our house, easy walking. There's a house, a barn, and lots of blueberry bushes. They grow other stuff too, but the big thing is pick your own blueberries. They have chickens and ducks and sell their eggs. They even have a few goats that give milk. However, we go there for blueberries. Some of the blueberry bushes are a lot taller than me and very old, but they still have lots of blueberries and theirs are the biggest and sweetest. Mom was running errands, so she dropped us off at the farm, said she would be back before we got done picking and would join us. As we got out of the car, The owner of the blueberry farm, Mr. Jorgensen, came out to meet us. He was a big old man who wore what dad calls bib overall, a red bandana around his red neck, a wide straw hat, and always has a corncob pipe in his mouth. The pipe is never lit. Dad says this is because Mrs. Jorgensen won't let him smoke anymore. Mr. Jorgensen has a condition, whatever that is. Mom rolled down the car window, and Mr. Jorgensen leaned in. They spoke for a moment, and then he said in his loud voice, Don't you worry none, missus. I'll keep an eye on yonder young rapscallions till you're back. Rapscallions are people who make mischief. He turned to us and winked. Thank you, Mr. Jorgensen. They can pick berries while I'm gone. It won't be long. Bye, boys. Remember, no fighting. That was just the same as saying, 
please tear each other's hair out, as far as we were concerned. We followed Mr. Jorgensen into the farmyard, where he gave us each a pail for our berries. Now, you lads fill up those pails for your ma. You can pick anywhere you want except the back part that is fenced off. I'm having a terrible time with moles this summer, and I've got traps set. Wouldn't want you getting a toe snapped off. He turned to walk away, then stopped and turned around. One more thing. More berries in the pails than in your bellies, okay? We'd been to the berry farm many times before, and Mr. Jorgensen always said the same thing about eating too many berries while we picked. But the business about the moles was new. Desmond leaned over to me. Rats! The back is where the biggest bushes and the best berries are. I gave Desmond a little shove just to keep in practice. Hey, he yelled and shoved right back. We both smiled. He headed off in one direction, and I went a different way. There didn't seem to be anybody else at the farm just then, but lots of berry bushes had the ripest berries already picked. Good ones took a lot of searching and were harder to get at. After about half an hour, my pail was only one quarter full, and I was wondering how Desmond was doing. I hadn't heard a peep from the pest all that time. Desmond, I yelled. Crickets. By the way, saying crickets means you don't hear anything. I yelled again, but heard nothing. So I started hunting. It didn't take long to come to the fenced off part of the farm. The berries looked big and juicy over there. Here and there among the berry bushes, I could see the molehills and the humped tunnels that ran between them. Some were pretty big. I followed the fence, which was the real cheap kind of plastic net that wouldn't keep out a mouse, especially a mouse the size of Desmond. Following the fence, I found a spot where the dirt under the fence had been shoved aside a bit. That guy, Desmond must have climbed under the fence here. I yelled his name, but again, there was no reply. What could I do? I didn't want to get Mr. Jorgensen, so I crawled under the fence myself. The berries were not only bigger, they were juicier and sweeter back in the fenced area. Isn't that the way it always is? What you can't have is so much better than what you can have? That is a naughty thought. Anyway, I wandered among the bushes, tasting as I went. Walking around an especially large berry bush, I ran into a dirt wall. Well, it wasn't exactly a wall. It was really a giant mole tunnel that had pushed the dirt up as high as my knee. At first, I was just going to step over it, but then decided to follow it. It was only a few steps before it came to a huge pile of dirt. It looked like the time mom had ordered a whole dump truck full of dirt for our garden beds, and the man who delivered it dumped it right on the driveway. Boy, did Desmond and I have fun running up and down that huge pile and playing king of the hill. That is, until dad got home. Then he became the king of the hill, and neither one of us could knock him down. As I looked at the giant pile in front of me, I realized there was something sitting at the bottom. A berry pail. Desmond's pail, about half full. And right next to it was a trail of footsteps 
leading up and over the top of the dirt pile. Desmond's tracks. The pile was so high, I couldn't see if Desmond was hiding on top. Maybe he thought Mr. Jorgensen was going to catch him, and he was hiding up there. I didn't want to get caught either, so I called out softly. Desmond? Hoping he would hear me and answer without Mr. Jorgensen knowing. Crickets. I called again, just a little louder. Desmond! Still nothing. But then I thought I heard a shrill squeak. Shrill means a high sound that is very sharp and almost hurts your ears. Sometimes a baby's cry is very shrill. The sound did not come again, so I decided I had to climb up and see if Desmond was there. Even if he wasn't, from that high up, I might be able to see where he was. The dirt was very soft, so the climbing was hard, but it didn't take me long to get to the top. I felt like a king, but no Desmond. There was something, however. At the very center of the hill, there was a large hole. I looked down inside. It was very dark, and at first, I couldn't see anything. But then there was a scuffling noise, and I saw something pink flash by, way down deep, deeper than the hill was high. Desmond, I called in a loud whisper. Again, there was a scuffling noise at the bottom of the hole, and for a second, I thought I saw Desmond looking up at me. Then he was gone. What are you doing up there? Called a loud grown-up voice. I whirled around, almost falling down the big dirt hill. It was Mr. Jorgensen. I was looking for my brother Desmond. I think he's fallen down into a hole up here at the top of this hill. What? I thought I told you boys to stay out of this part of the berry patch. What trouble has he gotten himself into now? Mr. Jorgensen acted angry, but his voice suddenly sounded a little frightened. He made his way slowly, carefully up the hill. He climbed as if he knew how, as if he'd done it before. When he got to the top, huffing and puffing, I pointed down the hole. I saw him in there. Mr. Jorgensen looked down as I yelled, Desmond! But this time there was no scuttling sound, and nothing peered out of the darkness at us. Then I heard a squeak behind me. We both turned, and for the first time I realized this was not the only huge mound of earth in the berry patch. There were five, no, six, spread out over the fenced-in area. Sticking out of the nearest one was Desmond's head. He squeaked. Look, I shouted, pointing at Desmond. Mr. Jorgensen swung his head around, but as soon as he did, Desmond disappeared, only to reappear, sticking his head out of a different mound. Squeak. Over there, I cried, but again Mr. Jorgensen was too slow. Desmond popped out of sight and then almost at once appeared in yet a different hilltop. And so it went, pop up, disappear, pop up somewhere else. Mr. Jorgensen was getting dizzy, but always missing Desmond. Then I heard a familiar voice. Armando, Desmond? It was mom, come to pick us up. Desmond, 
his head sticking out of the farthest dirt mound, jumped completely out and disappeared down the far side. Help me down, boy, said the still dizzy Mr. Jorgensen. It took me a while to help him walk, slide down the mound. By the time we got to the bottom, Mom and Desmond were coming towards us. These boys of yours, missus, don't know how to obey. They were supposed to stay out of this part of the farm, but this is where I found them, at least this one. He pointed at me. Mom looked shocked. Desmond said nothing. He looked pretty muddy, and I opened my mouth to tell Mom about the giant molehills. I'm very sorry, Mr. Jorgensen. I really don't understand. I assure you, they will follow your instructions next time. What do we owe you? Well, let's see. Two buckets, two bucks. Except I don't exactly know where the buckets are, he replied. Here's the two dollars, Mr. Jorgensen. We won't worry about the buckets. Goodbye. She gave him the two dollars, which he stuffed into a pocket of his bib overalls. Once we were in the car, Mom turned to us and said, Okay, let's hear your side of this. I looked at Desmond. He'd said nothing the whole time. Even now, all he did was shrug his shoulders. There is something you should know about Desmond. Sometimes he talks and talks, and you just can't get him to stop. At other times, he'll use his baby talk, the way he did when he was little. And sometimes he just gets shy and won't talk at all. This was one of the shy times. Mom turned to me. Maybe you can explain this, Armando? Well, there really isn't much to tell. We were picking blueberries, and Desmond wandered off. When I tried to find him, I discovered he'd gone beyond the fence, into the part of the farm that was forbidden. I tried to get him to come back, but there were these big hills of dirt back there, and he kept jumping up from behind one after another. I decided not to tell Mom about the hole in the hill I'd climbed, or maybe seeing Desmond in a tunnel down below. You two certainly made Mr. Jorgensen angry, it may be some time before we get to come back here. Oh, I almost forgot. I wanted some eggs from Mr. Jorgensen. Now, Mr. Jorgensen does not lay eggs. He has some chickens that do that for him. They're usually running around the farm loose, scratching for bugs and worms. But I didn't recall seeing them this time. You two stay right here. I won't be a minute, said Mom as she jumped out of the car. In fact... She was gone seven minutes. While she was gone, I turned to Desmond. What were you doing down in that tunnel under the hill? And how did you get back out? All he said was, squeak. When she came back, there were no eggs in sight. Hmm. I found Mr. Jorgensen in his barn. He was studying some bags of feed and didn't hear me until I called his name. He jumped and whirled around with a face like you make when I catch you with a cookie you're not supposed to have. I said I was sorry for bothering him, but did he have a dozen eggs? He just stood there with his mouth hanging open, then finally said his chickens are not laying right now. He seemed so nervous that I think he was not telling me the whole story. I smell a mystery. 
and then she winked at me. That is the end of today's story. But it's not the end of the whole story. It's just the end of part one. We'll be back next week with part two of Desmond and the Moles. But before I say goodbye, I just want to think for a moment about what those boys did. They were told not to go into the back of the blueberry fields, but they did it anyway. Has that ever happened to you? Someone has told you not to do something, but you do it anyway? Why does that even happen? Why do you think people ignore warnings like that sometimes? Sometimes we follow the rules just because we know that we are supposed to. But I think it helps if we understand why something is dangerous or what the rule is for. I'm certainly glad neither of those boys stepped on a mole trap. Be sure to tune back in next week for part two of this story, Desmond and the Moles. Trust me, this story just gets more and more interesting. <laughs>